The keys to personal productivity, I think the big three, are energy, focus, and system. So the biggest bang for your book by far is getting your energy right. And the reason that I say that's the biggest bang for your book is because that that's with you every minute of the day. Whereas the other strategies, you know, all the strategies are great, but they're great when you use them. The second one is focus. You need to be laser focused. And you can have lots of things going on, but when you're focused, you've got to be focused on one thing, and that creates incredible power. And then the final one is system, because you need to have a system to manage all of these things, because life's so complex. But we need to have something to hold it all together. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey guys, welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today we're talking with Carl Pate. From starting his career with KPMG, he joined Coach Viola. Then he, after working the corporate career there, he was part of the senior team. He was the CFO that led a management buyout of a business that was failing. Multi-million pound losses. And he, as the CFO of that business, was instrumental in the turnaround and subsequent growth and sale of that uh, Coach Viola business that the management team bought out. Through that journey, he had to become incredibly productive personally. Today, we're going to talk about turnaround, but we're going to talk about the five pillars of personal productivity. So straight into my interview now with Carl Pate. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. We're sitting down uh, again with Carl Pate. Carl, um, you will have heard uh, a few episodes back in a, a, a joint episode when we were talking about um, the undercover entrepreneur and about sort of turning 50 and what that means for, um, for for entrepreneurs and business owners. But today I want to zone in on Carl's specific expertise. He's a productivity expert, um, 30 years uh, as a finance professional, uh, uh, as a CFO or finance, di- finance director um, in numerous organizations, masterminding turnarounds and uh, growth, etc. Carl, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Hi, Gavin. Thank you for having me back on again. Uh, no, my pleasure. So for in case anybody didn't hear the earlier episode with your good self, uh, explain to people listening uh, a little bit about your background and when you're sort of working focused on your own, what's your area of kind of expertise based around around your book, which is what we're going to be covering, discussing today. Sure. So this is my second career, as you, as you mentioned. So I spent the first almost three decades of my life in senior financial roles. Essentially, it was just two roles. So I qualified with KPMG, and then I went off after I'd done my post-qualification to join a company called Coach Viola, and then we did a management buyout of that business back in 2000. And that was at a time when the business was on its knees. So it had lost £165 million in the five years before we bought it, 65 in the year that we bought it. And then we turned that business around in three years and sold it for multiple eight figures 12 years after the purchase date. And so that was a, a sort of really interesting time for me. And one of the biggest things that we needed to do in order to make that business work, because of course it had lost all that money, was take action. And it was actually making stuff happen very, very quickly, which was the key to the turnaround, which happened in, still in three years. Three years sounds like a long time, but in turning the business around, it just lost 
however many millions of pounds, then that's that's a relatively short space of time. And so it and that was part of the stuff that I then went on to do. So during the period whilst I was still working for the clothing business, I was creating my own business. So I was doing stuff around my software, which is called Daily Life Tracker, which is all about creating habits and now about whole life management system. So in doing that, I was having to find all the time that I could find and so to be incredibly productive. And so whenever I was going off and doing all of my personal development programs, everything seemed to always come back to productivity for me. How you get the most out of your time so that you avoid that regret at the end of it. And so that's what I did when I came out of business. So I was in the business, loved the first 23 years of being in the clothing business. I tolerated two years and then I hated two years. And that was after those four years, after we'd made the sale. And so things were changing. And so I was starting to find that I wanted to do something myself. And so I took the business that I was creating in the mornings and evenings and weekends and turned it into a business that I then took forward. So that was called Productivity Powerhouse. And that's all about personal productivity, which is what we're going to talk about today. And that that journey... I guess in some ways last was was over that thirty year period. In so and in other ways it was kind of triggered by a Tony Robbins infomercial on the yep. TV when I was letting the dogs out one morning. And then all sorts of things started to happen. And so I then created the software and then this business that is so focused on helping people to get the very most out of their time. So one of the things that I did whilst I was in there, so we got online courses and coaching and all sorts of things like that. One of the things that we did was, or that I did was write a book, which is called Making Shit Happen. Excellent. And so that's kind of where we're going to focus the the time today. And I I think one of the the topics that whenever I speak in front of audiences or I'm, I'm working with a client at the outset of a, a client uh, relationship, where I'm establishing what are the things that they want to work on, personal productivity, you know, time management, where is always there. People want to get more done in their time. So, um, in your book, I no doubt there is that there'll be structure there. You know, what what have you found of the things we create a structure to this kind of conversation? What are the things that you think are needed to be in at a higher level? And let's sort of dive into each of those in turn. Yeah, we will go into the five pillars in a moment. But the, in terms of the, the the biggest things that I found around personal productivity, one of them is is around pretty much everything. To be fair, which is consistency. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about consistency in a, in a moment, if you if if, if you don't mind, because I think that's something worth spending a little bit of time on, in in a sort of introduction introductory format. The 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 keys to personal productivity, I think, the big three are energy, focus, and system. Right. So the biggest bang for your buck by far is getting your energy line, energy right. Yeah. So working on your body so that. It creates the energy that you need. And the reason that I say that's the biggest bang for your buck is because that that's with you every minute of the day. Yep. Whereas the other strategies, you know, all the strategies are great, but they're great when you use them. Of course. Whereas getting your energy energy right and getting your body right, that is there all the time. And so it just gives you that that power to to move forward. The second one is focus, which is absolutely critical that you need to be laser focused. 
you know, this idea of multitasking and some people wear it as a badge of honor, you know, I can multitask, I can do this. That it's, it's, it's not real. Nope. And you can have lots of things going on, but when you're focused, you've got to be focused on one thing and that creates incredible power. And then the final one is system because you need to have a system to manage all of these things because life's so complex that we need to have something to hold it all together. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, um, do we, in terms of the book, then that's structured around five pillars, presumably consistency is one of those five. It isn't actually. Consistency is kind of an umbrella that goes over the whole thing. So inside of the introduction, we talk about consistency, the, the, the five pillars, well, I can tell you the five pillars. Five pillars are habit, alignment, balance, integration, and tracking. And we'll come so on to habit, those. alignment, balance, integration, and tracking. Okay. Yes. But consistency is what I, I, I introduced. I, I start the book and I end the book on consistency. Okay. Yeah. Because consistency is, is what I, in the book, I say it's the secret source you need to spread over everything in order to be successful because too many people dabble in a bit of this and a bit of that and they don't follow through for long enough in order to get the results that they want. So there's a, a, a great quote from Keith Cunningham, who was an old mentor of mine, who says, get in line and stay in line. It's this idea, you know, you get into cafeteria line because you're hungry, and yeah. the line goes so slowly that you see a shiny penny and you jump out of the line. So yeah. then you go out and you have a bit of a play and then you get back, you, you, you get, you realize you're hungry still. And so you have to get back in the line, but the line's still moving slowly and it's a bit longer now. Yeah. And you back, get back in the line yeah. and then you keep getting in and out and you never end up eating. And this is the point that we've got to be consistent in the process and, and not just consistent, but you know, there's, there's, there's degrees of consistency as well. One thing that I love around consistency is what I call power consistency, which is where, you, you focus on first on consistency, then it's duration, then it's intensity. And it's most easily explained in inside of a, I guess, a running metaphor, for example. Yeah. Where first off, if you've never done any exercise before, go out and be consistent. Do yeah. something, something that you know that you can do. So be it 15 minutes a day, three days a week walking. Sure. Yeah get the consistency there first. Once you get the consistency, then you can increase your duration. So that might be 15 minutes goes to 20, 30, 40 minutes, and three days goes to four, five, six days. Mm -hmm. Only once you've done that and you've got consistency around the duration and around that duration, do you, do you go to the intensity where you then put the real power in and the real effort in? And that might, from a physical point of view, that might only be once a week. Sure. But you can apply that principle to anything, to your social media as well. So be consistent over your social media for, for, for three days where you're just doing little posts and then you increase the duration by doing the, a, a bigger post or something. Then you increase the intensity by maybe doing, instead of doing a little post, you do a Facebook Live or something. Okay. So it's, you, you can apply the principle around everything as long as you just give us a little bit of imagination. Great. Okay. So let's dive into the, the, the five pillars and how you came about establishing that these were the things that were essential to making shit happen, getting stuff done. Right. Okay. So I've been studying this for, like I say, for, for, for 30 years, practically, probably for sort of 20 something years, actually studying with individuals and actually learning. And it's... <laughs> 
creating a structure around your book is quite an important thing to do. And certainly if you're doing this as a course as well, as you know, Gavin, that, that if you can create a structure that, that can grab people's attention and that you can talk to first off, but then also that people can, can remember, then, then, then that's key to the process of getting your book understood. Sure, sure. And so I'd just gone through and brainstormed and brainstormed and brainstormed around this for years. And then I got a book writing coach who helped me to put it together. I did, I have to say, get really caught in the detail of it, where I was trying to write a book in the same way that I got the structure of a course and it didn't work, it didn't flow right. Okay. So I had to rewrite the book in, in, in more sort of fluid terms. And so, but all of these principles, what happened was you brainstorm all these different things out and then start to put them into patterns and into, into structures around what works. And the first three pillars that we talk about are foundational pillars. So that's where we're working on the individual, where you're working on yourself. So the habit, your habits, alignment is all about personal productivity and getting yourself to be the person that you want to be. And then the third one is creating a balance in your life. And we'll come on to an individual in a moment. But those first three are all about working on the individual. Rather than just going out and looking at strategies for improving your productivity, what we do first is make sure that the foundational structure is sound so that we can build all the rest of the structure, all the rest of the strategies on top of it so that they stick a lot more. Then the, the fourth pillar, which is integration, is all about the structures and the strategies and the tips and the tricks. And then the fifth pillar is tracking, which is all about building it into your life and actually consolidating it in so that you never have to go and do another personal productivity course again. So um, I think a lot of people, when they've, 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 set their, they've run their own business, they've grown it over time, they started uh, from the early days where they wore all the hats in the business, and now they, they, they've got a few, from a few to tens to even hundreds in their team. But one of the trends I've seen um, most widely sort of spread is the reluctance or the inability to let stuff go and to delegate enough. And so you talk about habit as your first pillar. They're already in the habitual pattern on doing a lot of the things that they have done for some time. And arguably, you know, actually the phrase that comes to mind is the Michael Gerber, e myth revisited phrase that you should only do what only you can do in the business. And then, but people hold on to business owners, senior leaders can hold on to stuff that actually they should be delegating to free themselves up to taking the business on the next stage of its journey. So how do you go about shifting those habits, you know, replacing what they used to do with the things that they actually should be zoning in and focusing their time on? Right. I think it is very difficult. Certainly as a business owner, who set it up from scratch and you've gone through all the process of doing yep. everything. It's quite difficult to let sure. go, but it's something that you need to do. So finding outsourcers to do that with is obviously a critical part of it and building trust as well in both outsourcers and internal resource as well that you need to be able to let go and, and sort of trust that the people who, you, who you're employing and who you're working with have got the resources and the systems that are there to help you to do it. So one thing that would be important in passing something on to someone else is creating a system around it. Mm -hmm. So you create a structure and a system around the thing that you're doing so that you can hand that over to someone else if it's a specific thing that you're looking to pass over. But it's the, the general idea of just giving out things to other people is quite a, a, a tricky one for people to get their heads around. 
but without doing it, you know, we have only got the 168 hours in the week. And so you can't, you can't progress without making those moves. Okay. So, um, I, you know, for example, a client I was working with um, uh, uh, relatively recently, um, he knew he could delegate. He, sh- he knew he should delegate, but he found it very difficult to let go. Um, born out of the common reason being, um, uh, how do I know it's going to get done to the right uh, effect? You know, I've also encountered with different people. They're previously delegated and let go before, and it hasn't worked with that individual they've delegated to. So they've taken back control and are reluctant because it didn't go right last time to delegate again. So when you say about the process, some some of that is about is the active management, isn't it? It's regular. It's setting clear objectives. It's regular sort of one to ones with that individual. It's it, it's the coaching of them to improve their their, their, ex, their skill and their capability and the proficiency. Yes, and making sure, and also making sure that you don't micromanage. I think as well, you you yeah. need to be able to you need to be able to set the system up so that you know, you can let it go. Absolutely, what you say is absolutely spot on. That you need to certainly in that in those early stages stay in touch, make sure that things are happening in the way that you want them to for your benefit as much as for the other person's benefit, really, so that you understand that it's happening. But once one and once you've been doing that for a little while, then the letting go becomes a little bit easier, I guess. But it's still a process that you need to that, that you need to follow through and be very strict about really but if you sit and you micromanage someone then the trust that you lose by micromanaging can destroy all the rest of the stuff that you've built sure. and that was a great example of that was in our own clothing company what we did that the way that it was run in originally was to be run by the the, the person at the top the chairman knew what was going on, but he let people get on with their stuff. And then when we came out of that business, we got a micromanager come in and he was sitting there all the time looking at you and, and, and you didn't know that there, was, there was any trust there and because you don't get trust coming to you, you don't pass the trust back and then all of a sudden things start to break down. So you've got to be able to, when you let go, you've got to let go. And it's hard, but you've got to do it. And it, it, it's without having the individual in front of you, it's hard to say what that is. But, you know, it is a mindset thing that you need to make sure that you, you, you really pass it on. And having structures and systems is, is a big help in that. But within your career, then there'll be times when, obviously, you, you worked your way up an organisation to the point of becoming the CFO. There were things that you, uh, let's say, for example, the things that you may have done during a turnaround that um, you need to be very closely involved in but later on when things cash was stabilized or whatever you didn't need to be as much involved with how did you get yourself out of the habit of doing those activities maybe cash management and etc uh and being okay with the delegation given that it had been such a critical part of your role in times of turnaround it's back to the systems again really it's back to knowing that if you've got certain key performance indicators and certain systems and certain structures that that you that you've worked on yourself that now you can pass over to someone else they can give you the key feedback from that so that you know that you still know that it's happening but then but but you all you, you just let that go and somebody else takes that over so it's i think that the the letting go is hard but 
like we say, without it, it nothing else happens. And so you, you, it's down to systems and matrix and just making sure that you've got the, the indicators in place so that you know if something's going wrong. Because you've just done it before, you know when something's going wrong or when you know when it's not getting done right. And then you can go in and have a conversation. But again, don't micromanage, just guide and help them through it. But also there's a there's a, an urgency, I guess, because your time is then required onto other thing, required for other things. So you you need to get some things off your plate. Of course. Of course, yeah. I mean, as you move forwards, then yes, that's got to happen. And and some of that, you know, eases up so that you don't have as much time that you're spending, and then other other things come in and take over. You know, Parkinson's law takes over, you know, the amount yeah. you've got is filled with work. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. I think that's that, that's an, a, a, some of the challenge that some business owners can have is that um, they can get stuck being busy and not necessarily recognizing that they're not moving forward so when you're working in a larger corporate and there's um shareholders or other stakeholders requiring demanding of that growth and therefore demanding of you to step up and be spending time on other stuff somebody owning their own business may not get that external demand or pressure on them and find them getting self-frustrated because they're plateauing in their business yeah i think this is where coaches and mentors yeah are become very, very important as you move, particularly if you move from, you know, I was in a, a, a big organization, relatively big organization, small, sure. somebody, relatively big yeah, yeah. organization where we've got lots of people around us. And and so the delegation become just becomes a part of the job. When you step out of that and you're on your own, you start doing it all, the delegation becomes a little more tricky because now you've got to actually think about how you're going to do it. But then you've also got to work out how how you actually step the business up. And so you do need to be able to step away, have a bigger picture on everything and start to try to, yep. to sort of strategize around things rather than just be doing the tactical stuff all the time. 
Sure. So you've acknowledged, you know, that in order to be, um, well, to be productive anyway, you need to set up the good habits. So your next, uh, and so what tips do you give people around, you know, in the book around that hab- new habit formation to assist with productivity? Well, the habit formation stuff is all really, it, it, it's, it's a general habit conversation that we have. So why are habits, why do habits come about? What What's the structure of a habit and how do you, remove the, that structure and th- there's a difference between habits and rituals as well so a habit might be something that you, you automatically do and you create and you know you get a trigger something triggers in your mind and then you go into routine but creating a ritual around things which is probably what we are mainly talking about from a productivity point of view creating rituals around things so that they get done at particular points in time is 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 another element of that habit habit type structure and inside of the book we talk about how you actually get rid of old habits and create new habits so we talk about the five w's of transformation which is what why when wish and watch so you need to be get super clear over what you're going to do that's the what then you need to understand why it's important because that's the probably the thing that people don't spend too much time on although there's a lot of talk about your your why nowadays following the Simon Sinek stuff. Then then you need to understand that your habits aren't happening all the time. So what's the trigger and what's the thing that ticks it off so that you go into that habit? And then we look at wish, what you want to do, what's your wish, what is the thing that you want to do in its place because you can't just stop a habit. You have to replace it with something else. And then finally is the watch, which is all about just maintaining it so that it's not just you can't just do it once. You've got to just keep an eye on it. And, and that's a bit like the spinning of the plate. You know, you just go back and you just touch it and, and it stays going. You haven't got too much effort in it at that stage, but you, you've got to stay on it. And so there's some practical tips around how you actually change habits. And, and some of those can be applied to anything, really, applied to productivity inside of your business or applied to any other area if you want. And if you take the second pillar then being alignment, what's the... What, what's the focus then around an alignment, aligning with the rest of what goes on within your world, within your life? It is really. This is all about this. Is, the, like I say, the first three pillars are about the person. So the alignment pillar is essentially about getting yourself. It's really personal development, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's it's things like motivation and procrastination. How do you eliminate procrastination from from your day to day? activities because we all procrastinate and we all need to procrastinate on some things which is about prioritizing of course so how do you prioritize things what are action taking because action you know i think they say execution is your single greatest competitive advantage so what is it that you need to do to take action to make these things happen so that you're actually moving forwards rather than just sort of planning all the time or sort of stagnating and then we look at things like standards we look at things like discipline energy comes into this as well into this pillar which we talked about at the beginning so how do you build your energy levels so that you've got enough energy from the start of the day to the end of the day so that you last out and so there's there's a there's there's a mnemonic that we use inside of the course that fits inside of there but but the, the the key principles are all around how you actually work on yourself so that you you've got the structure and the foundation like i said before to make sure that all of these other things great and so the next the third of the 
first three steps around the, the, the personal focus is balance. So talk to about that. Right. Balance rather nicely fits right in the middle of the five pillars as well. So the balance is a really interesting one because it's one of those goals that we should all have, but we will never achieve. Okay. And in many ways you don't want to achieve because it, it, it is, it's, a, it's an art and not a science, but it's, it's about how you, you know, it's more of an integration as well than, than a balance. So it's not just an on and an off. So it's not a work and a life. It's about if we're looking at balance, then it might be more like an, an ocean. So you look at the, think of the different elements of your life as being health, finance, relationships, emotions, personal development, life management. So those are the sort of six categories that I think pretty much everything that you do can fit into. So when you're looking at balance, if you imagine that those things are sitting on an ocean and sometimes one of them will be going crazy, it might be your finances just aren't in, in order and they're very, it's very turbulent. Now, everything else is also a bit rocky at that stage as well. So you've got to kind of get that balance. I think Bruce Lee talked about mind like water, I think, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, and it's about how you create that balance across all of those things. Because, and, and in a way that is practical. Because if you want to focus on your business, you will go out of balance because you'll focus more of your time on the work thing. Sure. And so, because focus requires you to be out of balance. Focus, sorry, progress requires focus and focus takes you out of balance. Get so that, yeah. the key is to think about those different areas of your life as well and then work out how you can bring them back into balance and how you can work out where your zone of balance is so that you can bring them back into balance when you know that they're going out. So if you have been focusing all your time on your business, then you've got a structure around all those other areas, around your finance, around your health, around your relationships, etc., where you know that there are certain things that you can do to bring them back into balance quite quickly. And that's done by thinking about all those different areas of your life and asking the question or making the statement at least, I am at my best when, and then finishing that statement off. So in, if, if it was about your health, I'm at my best when I exercise first thing in the morning, I drink eight glasses of water. I'm at my best when from a relationship point of view when I have a date night. You know, things that you can bring back into play very quickly so that you get some of that balance back. Great. Love that. And you, so your acceptance of that there will be times when you will be out of balance, but you've got the mechanisms to quickly get the other areas back into balance. Yes, yes. And it's never fully balanced. No, no, no. And this constant that's, movement. That's, I think, the key. I think you've got to remember because we can go and we can, and it's a process goal, I guess, isn't it? It's a process yeah. goal that's always there. So integration is the next phase, next, the, the, the next pillar. Yeah, so that's, this is when, when the sort of, I guess the rubber hits the road and we start doing the, the sort of strategies yeah. around how we can be more productive. So what are the things that we can do? So list building, for example, and you know some people talk about not having to-do lists, and I would totally disagree with that. I think you're, talking about, you're talking about to-do lists here, are you? Or you're talking about yeah. marketing? No, to-do lists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To-do lists, yeah. Yeah. So some people would say that you shouldn't have to-do lists. I would disagree with that. I think you need effective ones. In fact, I think when a lot of people talk about not having to-do lists, they just talk about not having bad to-do lists. Okay. What's the difference? What what would a good to-do list look like versus a bad one? If you've got a structure around it so that you understand, 
So, for example, if you contextualize everything that you need to do. So if you, if you work in an office and, you, and that's not in your home, then the things that you need to do when you're in the office need to be isolated out. So it's about getting rid of all the rest of the noise. When you're at home, you only want to see the things that you can do at home. When you're at work, only see the things that you can do at work. When you've got a phone with you and you've got 10 minutes to spare, then you need a calls list. It's about creating a context around them so that you're gathering your activities that you need to do in a, in a, in a defined structure. Great. And so structure. Your, your, list, your lists are contextual lists. I remember Dave Allen in Getting Things Done talking about this idea, yeah. Right, yeah. absolutely. And, <laughs> That's and, a good reminder, actually. I'd forgotten about that, yeah. And also then having, I call them 3D lists. So we have a, a list of everything that's like kind of a nested list of all sorts of different things fitting into all your categories. So health, finance, relationships, etc. Then we contextualize them and then we, we sort of put a date to them or a time frame to them, at least today, tomorrow, this week, yeah. next week. And we try not to be too rigid, but we're creating structures so that, and, and, I have my I created my software so that you only have that in one place, so that you don't have to have three lists. You have one list that you look at from three different directions, which is why I call it three D lists. And so you're creating something there because if you've got when when we say don't have to do lists, you still need to do you need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you if you've not got them written down or in the list or in a system, then they're in your head somewhere because there's stuff that needs doing. Now, yes, you can have someone else who's who's managing that for you, mm-hmm. so that you just get to to do a lot more of the doing. But there's a list behind it. Even if someone's not got a to do list, you know, there's somebody who's sitting behind them working who does have one. Yeah, sure. You've been effective. And I remember a story about it's in the book. I remember a story was was a post that I saw on on Facebook and someone was talking about how you shouldn't have to do lists and they made a point in this in this blog of saying do you think that people like Richard Richard, Richard Branson Bill Gates etc have to do lists and the the where i saw this was when Richard Branson actually responded saying if you think i don't have a to do list then you're absolutely wrong because that's what he does he said but he didn't make the distinction that it needs to be a to do list and not a sort of like you know just a amorphous list of nonsense that just frustrates you and never gets moved forward so you need to have effective ways of making those things happen either by doing things yourself in an effective way or by having other people doing them outsourcing them or having internal and external resources that are following things up great so the tip there is uh, you create your list around contacts so uh, call as in phone call list that you can do when you've got 10 minutes while you're waiting somewhere uh, home uh, work etc so the, the you know that when you have got some extra few minutes that you might not have the laptop or you, um but you could be productive in that time or- yes absolutely absolutely and i like to go with the with the home and the office ones i like to just do split those into two and I have another one which is home in 15 and office in 15 which means that there are things that i can do in a 15 minute block oh i like that that's good yeah but if if i don't have lots of time i can just go and grab one of those things and pull yeah, it out. yeah 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 whereas some things are going to be you know it might be an hour it might be two hours it might be days worth of work sure yeah great tracking the next pillar the fifth pillar the final pillar is all about 
making sure that you you consolidate all of this stuff into your life. Tracking for me is the starting point of, of all change because until you know what you're doing, it's difficult to change what you're doing. And so if you can if you can start to track the more that you can track, the better that you are. Now you obviously don't need to take this to extremes where this becomes the purpose of it, because the purpose of doing the tracking is to make you more effective and more productive. But the better you can track things, the better you will see patterns. And patterns in things show you the more the, the closer you can get to the patterns that's happening. You know, if you see good patterns, then you can do more of it. And when you see bad patterns, you can do less of it. And so we can we can start to track things. And if you think you can't track something, it just means you need a little bit more thought because there's always ways of tracking things. And this is one of the biggest things for me because this is where all of this started for me was in the creation of my software, which was all about tracking. It's called Daily Life Tracker. And it was all about that tracking process. So you create the systems that you want or the, the structures of things that you want to do, and then you track and you measure and you monitor them. Because what gets measured gets done. What doesn't get measured gets missed. Sure. An old, old adage. Yeah, yeah, but very, very, very true. And so then it was it was your own search for how a mechanism or a tool to help you track everything that gave rise to you developing your, your, your own software tool. Yes, because I couldn't find anything. Right. So I got something in my mind that I needed to do, and so I looked all around for it. There was nothing there, and so I ended up creating it myself, which was now I've got an asset. But yes. that's been a process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, not something that you go into lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Developing a software tool, yes, is uh, it, it is an undertaking in its own right. So daily life tracker. Yes. Great. Yes. And and that's um, that's a desktop product, or is that an app based product? It's a desktop product. It's almost an app based product. We are, I'll say, weeks. We should be oh, days. Oh, wow, close. But we are, yes, we are very close now to having it on, and it's a replication as well of the whole desktop system. So it isn't just a, a lightened version. It's a, a replication of everything that's in there, which is great. And so it, it's taken some time to do that. People, when they look at the system, because it looks relatively simple, but the stuff behind it, and this is the trick with software, is to take something that's very complex and make it look simple. Sure. And so when people embark upon helping us in that development process, they generally underestimate what it requires. Okay. Because there's a lot to it. Yeah, great. I understand that. So, you know, in in, in summary, what you know, people that you've taken through uh, the five pillars and your the, the the teachings in your book, um, um, making shit happen. What what have been some of the biggest aha moments for, for individuals? Biggest sort of the most powerful bits of the book that have really made a big difference to people. I think the probably the biggest one is the consistency point. Yeah, because it's a point that that we hear about all the time, but I don't think we actually really settle down and say, you know, what is it? When we talk about being consistent, what is it that we're actually doing? Because it's very easy not to continue to do something. Like, I mean, what was it, 20 years ago, I started learning Spanish when I first joined the internal audit department longer, longer ago than that, nearly 30 years ago. And and I started learning Spanish, and that's and at the time I thought, you know what, all I need to do is just do a little bit every day, and it's true. If I'd just done ten minutes a day, I'd be fluent, but I didn't. 
Mm-hmm. I stopped. Mm-hmm. And I dabbled for a while, and they didn't work because now I can't speak a word of it because it's just gone. And and this is the the consistent element because people also get caught in believing that consistency is stifling. Ah, that's interesting. Stifles your creativity. If you're being consistent, consistent, then you're going to be doing the same things over and over again, and therefore you can't have any creativity. And and it's completely the opposite, because when you get consistency right for the things that are important in your life, those things are taken care of, and you don't need to worry about them. You don't ask questions about them. You don't use any of your decision-making time over them. You just do them. So, for example, I've not missed a day's exercise in, come May, it'll be six years. Great. So every day to do something. And, and so that, there's never a question. I don't have to think, oh, am I going to do that today? Or what am I going to do? You know, well, maybe what am I going to do? But, you know, there's never a question over, over, over whether it's going to be done. And so it doesn't get in the way of things. Sure. So you can master that, that consistency Everything, all the rest of the stuff then becomes much easier, and you you get freed up to do all the other things. And also, you know that then it's about discipline as well. That that you, when you say that you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Of course, and that's important both for yourself and for the people around you. Yeah, great. And if anybody wants to find out more about Daily Life Tracker software or about the work that you do in helping um, business owners and teams to become uh, more productive how do they do that right so you can get hold of me at carl at productivitypowerhouse.com and then we've got websites so we've got productivitypowerhouse.com as a website and also if you want to get hold of a copy of daily life tracker software then dailylifetracker.com is 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 the place to go for that great carl thank you very much thanks for your time and uh there's some some real gems that come out of there and some powerful distinctions that you know encourage people um to to go and grab themselves a copy of the book so available on amazon so just to want to uh, again carl share the title and your full name so people can search for it that's carl pate carl the c and it's making shit happen Excellent. Carl Pate, P-A-T-E. Carl, thanks so much for your time yet again. And uh, um, I look forward to people being able to not only buy a copy of the book, but use that uh, importantly to help get those five pillars uh, in play in their life of habit, alignment, balance, integration, and tracking. Thanks very much, Carl. Speak soon. Thank you, Gavin. Been great. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.